Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. Elixinol is a non-THC product, all CBD, and they're Colorado's premier CBD distributor. Uh, Jake Plummer is a huge fan of Elixinol. His favorite is the hemp balm. He uses it as sort of a topical uh, pain reliever, and he swears by the stuff. It's something you guys definitely got to check out. And one cool thing about Elixinol is that 5% of your purchase will go to a nonprofit of your choice. So visit Elixinol today, Elixinol.com today, uh, and get in on this craze. All right, Zach, well, you've heard of the decision, right, When it, as it relates to uh, LeBron James? Certainly have. This today is the commitment. Mm. That's what I've deemed it in the last five minutes. As breaking news comes down right before we start the podcast here, that Kyler Murray, my guy, QB1 in my book, has committed to the National Football League. He released a long statement this morning uh, announcing that commitment. Do you want to read us a, a little piece of what he had to say or, or the whole thing? Moving forward, I'm firmly and fully committed my life and time to becoming an NFL quarterback. Football has been my love and passion my entire life. I was raised to play quarterback, and I very much look forward to dedicating 100% of myself to being the best quarterback possible and winning NFL championships. I have started an extensive training program to further prepare myself for upcoming NFL workouts and interviews. I eagerly await the opportunity to continue to prove to NFL decision makers that I am the franchise quarterback in this draft. Ryan, as the kids would say these days, it's lit. It is 100% lit. <laughs> and I'm so happy about this, Zach, because I didn't know if this was going to happen. I wasn't expecting this. Um, I thought Really? He- I thought he was going to kind of play the cat and mouse game Mm. for as long as he possibly could. Um, Kind of use the uh, mystery of his decision as something that will, first of all, um, drive the discussion as, you know, about Kyler Murray. I mean, you could talk about Kyler Murray every day when he hasn't made this decision, you know? Oh, well, 
every time you bring up the quarterbacks, you say, well, and then of course there's the Kyler Murray situation. And you can have a whole, we could do a whole podcast about that. Um, really anytime. So I thought he was going to kind of ride this wave and maybe it wasn't his decision, but he was going to be advised to, Hey, you don't have to make a decision until really the night before the draft, if you don't want to. So let's ride this thing out. So this kind of caught me off guard this morning, but it's really exciting to me because now I don't have to deal with people in my mentions saying Kyler Murray isn't committed to football. Um, I can, I can ride my horse that he is the best quarterback in this draft and the one that the Broncos should be pursuing. And I don't have to deal with anyone saying, well, but what about his commitment to football? How could you draft a guy who's not 100% committed to football? In his own words, he's 100% committed to football, and I'm going to take him at his word for that. Uh, as soon as he became this type of guy uh, on the national scale, a Heisman-winning type quarterback, I just had a feeling that this was going to be the end game here. Uh, and I'm really happy that he's made this decision because – selfishly I prefer uh, the NFL to the MLB and I think Kyler Murray has a chance to make a much bigger impact on the NFL than he would on Major League Baseball so this is fantastic news for me and and it's fantastic news for the Denver Broncos Zach and it doesn't have to necessarily relate to drafting Kyler Murray because I think they should I don't know if they will the reason why it helps them is because let's say your guy is Drew Locke well, now there's a very good chance that Drew Locke is going to be the third quarterback off the board. And that saves you a little bit from having to jump up to number two, number four, number six. You can probably wait and play the game on draft day to see how far he's going to fall. So this is great news all around. It's huge news for the Broncos because this is, well, whether or not they like Kyler Murray and they're going to draft him or interested in drafting him, it's another option on the board. And maybe... The Dolphins jump the Broncos to take a quarterback, and maybe it's Kyler Murray they're taking, and and not Drew Locke, and he falls to them. Maybe uh, Jacksonville jumps up, and everyone's nervous, and then it's Kyler Murray they take. Or heck, maybe Drew Locke and Dwayne Haskins are taken at 6-7 and seven to the Giants and Jags, and Kyler Murray's there for the Broncos at 10. This is great news because options at quarterback are, is the best thing to have in the NFL. That That's what you want in the draft. Some people said this was a weak draft class at quarterback. I'm not going to fully argue that. But now this strengthens it. In a lot of people's mind, this strengthens it. The question is, in John Elway's mind, does it strengthen it? And that's going to be the huge question. Uh, and the other huge question, Zach, is Kyler Murray even going to be an option for the Broncos? And I say that in the sense that I'm not going to call my shot quite yet. But I just want to say that I spoke this into the world. I would not be shocked if he goes number one overall. I wouldn't be either. I would not be either. And in fact, he should go number one overall. If if Cliff Kingsbury was telling the truth just a few months ago when he said he would draft him number one overall, yeah, I know they got Josh Rosen last year. And just forget about the, the, the poor season Josh Rosen had because... The Arizona Cardinals admitted it wasn't his fault, firing the head coach, firing two offensive coordinators. They said it's not his fault. But if you're going all in on the Cliff Cliff Kingsbury experiment and going to the college game, this is your guy. What are you doing? You can trade Josh Rosen for a first-round pick, so you you lose nothing by, by doing that. And don't just handcuff yourself because you have Josh Rosen. And I'm a guy who likes Josh Rosen. I loved him last year out of the draft. I still like him now as an NFL prospect. But hey, 
if you're going all in, go all in, do this. They should do this. He should be the number one quarterback pick. He should be. And for that reason. I agree. I completely agree. For that reason. He wouldn't be my number one quarterback picked, but he should be in this case. I totally agree. And in fact, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, do you not go to the GM and say, just hear me out, listen to my plan. Not only are we going to get Kyler Murray, but we're also going to get the Denver Broncos number 10 overall pick when we send Josh Rosen over there. Now, it probably wouldn't be the Broncos as indicated by them not drafting Josh Rosen last year. But remember what I said last week. I said if you could have told the Broncos that you could get Chubb at 5 and Rosen at 10, would you do it? They, I think they probably would have said yes. But yep. but maybe they were out on, on Josh Rosen entirely and he's not in the mix for them. Maybe it's to Jacksonville. Maybe you say well, we're going to get 1-7 and seven, and I'm going to get my guy. Because remember, this is about me. We will go as far as a football team as my system can carry us. And I truly believe at the at the in the bottom of my heart that we will have more success with Kyler Murray than Josh Rosen. You have to do that if you're the Cardinals, or else you're you're fooling yourselves about what you're trying to do, right? Are you trying to win football games? Or are you trying to make right on the pick of Josh Rosen? What's more important to you? And and here's the thing: worst case is going to be the 13th overall pick to the Dolphins or the 15th overall pick to the Redskins that you're getting in in, in return. And remember. Vance Joseph is that experienced veteran on that Arizona Cardinals staff, and he was very open to Baker Mayfield. He really liked Baker. Now, not an exact comparison. Obviously, Kyler Murray's athleticism blows really any quarterback's athleticism off the charts. Baker is three. Baker was short. Don't forget, really short. A lot of questions on whether you could draft him in the first round because he was short. Baker's three inches taller than Kyler Murray, so certainly a little different, but it's not like Vance Joseph is John Elway, where he says, you know, I need the size, I need all that height. No, it it, it could work down there, and it, it would just make so much sense. Uh, and yeah, Nick Bose is probably the best defensive player in the draft. What it, let, Let's say they trade back to 7, 10, 13. What if they get Ed Oliver instead? Yeah, it, Nick Bose is better, but Ed Oliver, still a heck of a football player on that defensive line. And the Arizona Cardinals, they, uh, when was the last time they were really, really rep, pre- prevalent? Um, Kurt Warner? Um, no, they had that. They had a little stretch in there with Bruce Arians and Carson Palmer where they were making the playoffs year in, year out, 10 were, wins. Were they, the, were they the truth, though? Were they getting, were, were they on Sunday night football all the time? It was like one appearance uh, a week. And no one, a year. and no one was saying like, "Oh, the Cardinals are a serious contender to win the Super Bowl this year." And Kyler Murray would give them an opportunity to get there, but also he'd put them on the map. He would put them on the map. And right now, their GM's a second-year guy. Again, it's not like you have John Elway in there leading it in Arizona. This should be Cliff's deal all the way. Just either wildly succeed with Cliff or clean house in two years because everything is terrible. Man, I could not agree more with this. In fact, I think the uh, the Cardinals would be stupid to not draft Kyler Murray if if it's Cliff Kingsbury's guy now. He could have just been saying that to kind of pump his tires when when he was about to play him. Um, and maybe he doesn't think he's that legit, and he doesn't think he can succeed in the NFL, and he thinks Josh Rosen is the prototype that can succeed in his system. Remember, his system didn't necessarily need the most mobile quarterback. It needs a guy who can make the throw it needs a guy like like 
he didn't need Patrick Mahomes' legs. He needed Patrick Mahomes' arm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to be able to hit the deep ball. You got to be able to throw strikes in the middle of the field, and and that's what you know. Uh, Patrick Mahomes did at such a high level. And don't tell me about how they lost. You know, uh, they had a losing record with Patrick Mahomes because I can promise you it had nothing to do with the offense. Um, if he really believes in Kyler Murray and he says this guy will fit my system to a T, and and Josh Rosen isn't quite as good, they would be stupid to not do it, especially because they have the ammunition to get a second high round pick by trading Josh Rosen. I don't know exactly where Josh Rosen would fit into this draft class, you know, by GM standards and how they would rank him most most likely up against Drew Locke, but man, that would be such a a intriguing move. I mean, that would be a statement move by the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury saying, "Hey, I'm here." This is my team, and we're going to win under my guidance. That'd be a baller move. Also, here's how I view Kyler Murray in the eyes of the NFL right now. And we've had this debate. It started in Mobile, continued over texting, which I've loved. I think the NFL right now as a whole is so uncertain about Kyler Murray. I think they need the combine to see exactly what he weighs in at, to see exactly does he clear that five foot 10 mark, or is he five, nine, and three quarters? I think whether it's smart or not, I think that's going to be a big deal to NFL gyms. If he comes in at five, ten and a half, people that are on the fence of him are going to say, "Oh, maybe that inch and a half to get up to six foot doesn't matter." People that are on the on the other on the other way of the fence, they're going to say, "Oh my gosh, he's five nine and three quarters. You've got to be kidding me! My 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 middle school son." is taller than him. I can't possibly draft him. So that's going to be important. The interviews are going to be important. I think it's important uh, in the eyes of GMs that he committed right now. Uh, obviously, he was 100% certain, like he said. And so I think there's still a lot of skepticism on where you can take Kyler Murray and what type of player he is. And I certainly think John Elway is, is fully entrenched in that thinking right now. Uh, I, I don't want to say that the Broncos will not take him w- with, you know, there's 0% chance, but I think there's a lot more skepticism coming out about him than there is optimism. But I think there's the Arizona Cardinals. There's the Oakland Raiders. There's potentially the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins. Those teams, I could see him being their their number one quarterback on the board. Maybe a few others thrown in there right now. And does that mean the Cardinals take him number one? Potentially. Let's say the Cardinals pass on him. Dolphins could jump from 13 to 3, 13 to 2, 13 to 4 to pick him up. Jaguars could do the same thing. Uh, And now the Giants could have him fourth on their quarterback list. They could have Daniel Jones ahead of him, which I probably certainly wouldn't do. But I just think there's so much uncertainty, which is going to make the next two months so much fun following this. Yeah, and even if it's not the Cardinals taking him at number one, I promise you there will be buzz around either them taking him or them trading the number one pick to someone who wants to take Kyler Murray. Hmm. Like like the Raiders? Yeah, could be. Could be the Raiders. Um, could be... The Broncos could be the Jaguars. I I just I I know how these things work. I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it enough times. Of all the players out there, Kyler Murray's stock is going to be the one 
that just absolutely shoots through the roof um, through this process. He didn't get to – would he have been able to participate in the Senior Bowl? Kyler Murray? Yeah. Uh, did he graduate? I don't know. I don't know either. But – I don't think so because there was just no buzz around it. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, but I was going to say he didn't – He the first part of the draft process is over and no one really grabbed it, you know. No one took it and ran with it. I think Drew Locke had the best, obviously, uh, showing in all the, the all-star games. But there's no one who you're saying like we were like Baker Mayfield last year, where it was like every day he was just moving up a slot on the draft charts. That starts now with Kyler Murray. By the time we get to the draft, I promise you there will be buzz around him going number one to the Cardinals or or going number one to someone else who the Cardinals trade back by with. And the Cardinals would be stupid to not at least float it out there that they're considering taking Kyler Murray number one overall because – then all the teams that think they were going to get him at four have to consider trading up with them. You're the Broncos at 10. What do you do? Not, not just in regards to Kyler Murray. You are John Elway. Because I know you love him. Yeah, if, if, if the trade up to one is available and it's something that you think is fair. It's three firsts, including 10 this year. Yeah, I'd do it. For sure. Especially because I believe, me, the, not John Elway, maybe he believes this too, I believe that Kyler Murray will significantly devalue my first round picks. Mm. And I'll, I'll be in a position where I don't need first round picks because I have my franchise quarterback. The Denver Broncos are hosed for the next seven years. If that plan doesn't work out, if you do that and that doesn't work out, because when you talk about just drafting a quarterback at 10 this year, that sets him back, what, two years? Then you're in the Trevor Lawrence talk. Then maybe we're talking, you know, the exact same conversation as Tim Tebow, how, you know, Tim Tebow was fun when he was here, but the, the best part about Tim Tebow was that he brought Peyton Manning here and how all of that were, or not, not brought him here, but uh, that, that kind of allowed him to come here and, and also the Josh McDaniels falls into that. So you, you, you could do that for a quarterback at 10. But if you trade 2019's first round pick, 2020's first round pick, 2021's first round pick, you are literally set back at least five years if he doesn't work out. You're that confident in Kyler Murray. 100%. Wow. And that's, that's the confidence you need. Whether you're Cliff Kingsbury drafting him at one, whether you're the New England Patriots drafting him at 32, you need to be that confident. And if you are, then do it. If John is that confident, trade those three first-round picks and go fully in on Kyler Murray. I, to me, it's it's almost a no-brainer. <laughs> I mean... I've got, I got some no-brainer. for I, I'm, I'm certainly not on that level. The thing about, the thing about Kyler Murray is he doesn't... He's he is he has a small body for sure for an NFL quarterback and that could come back to to be a problem. It could. But he kind of reminds me of Philip Lindsay in the sense if you watch his tape, he does not get squared up. And he played in front of a fantastic offensive line at Oklahoma. So you have to give some credit to that. And if you're the Denver Broncos or any other team taking him, you need to keep that in mind is you have to protect him. But if you watch a, a Kyler Murray game, he never gets crushed, especially when he runs. 
He never gets crushed when he runs because no one can square him up. You, you're lucky if you can even touch him before he's in the end zone. But even if you are, it's usually like getting a finger on him, pushing him out of bounds, or you're too late and he's already you know slid down and he's safe. He is not easy to hit hard. And so that, to me, kind of mitigates the concerns about his size. It, it's going to happen. Like, he's going to get crushed one day by Demarcus Lawrence or some guy, or, you know, uh, Melvin Ingram or whoever it may be that is going to hit him and it's going to hurt. And, you know, maybe he gets shaken up, but that happens to every quarterback. Like, how much more confident are you that Case Keenum is going to be healthy coming out of a blindside hit than, than Kyler Murray? No, and, and the, the difference is, remember mid-season last year, we were talking uh, with both Billy Musgrave and with Case about, you know, I ah, took a few big hits. How, you know, how do you weigh trying to get more yards versus sliding and stuff? I don't really think you have that conversation with Kyler Murray because he's lived that his entire life. He knows when to go down. Ryan, at the office, they have some highlights of Kyler Murray going on, of course, and he's not just making the smart moves of knowing when to run out of bounds because as an NFL quarterback, that's always smart to be safe, but also he's so elusive. Case Keenum can't put the moves on defenders like he can't, and maybe maybe it's not just, you know, he's avoiding 11 defenders on the field running into the end zone every time, which he can do that as well, but he's he's able to, you know, do a juke move where he, he misses a defender and slides down instead of Case just getting both legs absolutely blown out from under him, and this isn't just Case Keenum. This is so many quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you guys, Kyler Murray is the guy. Honestly, like Drew Haskins, like Drew Locke, I think Kyler Murray in the NFL is going to be on a completely different platform. I think he's going to take the league by storm the second he sets foot on the field. It's fun. It is, it is so exciting. And like we said, this is a win-win for the Broncos. Now, it's what, what's the lose scenario here? What's the one team you would hate to see Kyler Murray end up on? The Raiders. I know, there, I know there's a few. The Raiders. It's the Raiders. Yeah. Point blank, the Raiders. Because if you have to go up into a league where you're facing – you already know that there's an MVP – you got an MVP, uh, an MVP quarterback in your league. We've, we have, when was the last time we said that? I couldn't tell you. No. That is something that you have not had to deal with in a very long time. I don't think Rich Gannon ever won any MVPs. Uh, it's the rest of the division saying that about the Broncos. Phillip Rivers, I don't think he's won an MVP. This is, right, it's always been you who had the MVP. Yep. Now you're in that situation. Yep. Now you bring in Kyler Murray, too? And you're going to have to go against those guys for the next 15 years if, if Kyler pans out. You're doomed. I mean, you are doomed. Even <laughs> What type of playmaker can you possibly – let's say you draft Drew Locke. Bless his heart. He is not even in the, in the same stratosphere when it comes to playmaking abilities. So you're, in, terms of, in terms of dynamic playmakers, your best chance is to have the third best one in, in, the, in the division – that is dangerous. I mean, you might as well just trust the process, tank for the next 15 years. <laughs> have, a, have a roster full of number one overall picks. <laughs> you own the first round in 2032. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the Raiders. And another one that people don't want to hear is the Patriots. I don't think be, because there's four or five teams that I truly think have interest in Kyler Murray, I don't think... The 
I mean, he won't fall to 32 to the Patriots, that's for sure. And I don't know if the Patriots have enough capital to move up to even 10 to get him, or let's say 9, because we know the Broncos probably aren't going to trade back all that way. I don't think they have enough capital to get him. So it, it is the Raiders. It is the Raiders, and boy, that would be... It would be potentially dangerous for the next 15 years to have those two guys in your division because, look, you're not winning the division. If Kyler Murray pans out and if Patrick Mahomes continues on the way he is, you're just not winning the division for the next decade and a half. So it's about fighting for that wild card spot, and that's not what the Broncos are about. So you better hope he doesn't pan out because, Ryan, I do think he's going to be drafted before the 10th overall pick. I I would almost guarantee it. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild, and I'm so... When we're really going to get a solidified idea of this is at the Combine, and we're going to understand, after the Combine's over, we're going to know, okay, is it just... is it? Did did that list of four or five teams dwindle down to one or two teams that really like him, or is it now 22 teams absolutely love him? He's the number one quarterback. We'll know that soon. I think I'm going to put pen to paper about this today. (laughs) I'm inspired. (laughs) Um, shall we take a break? Let's take a break. Uh, we got plenty more, more Bronco specific topics to get to here, but man, I just, as soon as I saw that news, I was inspired. And one thing I just want to say, that's a little weird about Kyler Murray, not weird. just kind of shows you maybe a problem with baseball. I, I I follow a lot of baseball people because I love baseball. I haven't seen any baseball people like lamenting this, you Mm. know, no one's like, Oh, we lost Kyler. Yeah. Meanwhile, the entire NFL world is like, <laughs> we got him, baby. He's ours. And I think it's a big problem with, with, the, with the MLB's draft process and how young players are treated. You can't be a star in, in the MLB unless you are Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is the last guy who I remember was a star before he entered the MLB. Yep. It's a problem for them. It is not a problem for the NFL. We make guys stars when they're freshmen in college, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Yep. So – uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk more Broncos. Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me, and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. He's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to, and I've actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303-233-1236. In all my excitement about Kyler Murray, I made a giant omission in the first segment, mm-hmm. which was to update the good folks uh, on our latest podcast promo code sale. And if you don't know what it is, it's promo code Broncos. This is exclusive to BSN Broncos podcast listeners. It'll get you a $29.99 one-year subscription, which is a steal for the amount of content you're going to get. And if 
or win, we win, uh, and we get more promo codes uh, and more subscriptions purchased than the Rockies, Avs, and Nuggets beats. All of those who subscribed under this uh, umbrella are going to get a free t-shirt. And Zach, we jumped out to a solid lead, and I'm very confident that we're, we're going to have this thing in the bag. But the you know, the target on our back has gotten any even bigger because we jumped out to this lead. And so the other guys have been pushing it really hard and they're making a little, they made a little run at us over the weekend, which is fine. Uh, you know, they're always the underdogs are going to have a run in them They're You know, it's like the 16 seed is always going to scare the one seed a little bit during the game. It's almost never a wire to wire victory because they get hot from three or whatever. And they put, just put a little fear in your hearts. And that's what they're trying to do to us right now, but we're not going to allow it. We still have the lead, a slight lead, and the week the weekdays when we do our work, you know, we can we we go so hard Monday through Friday on these promo codes that we can just, we can sit back a little bit on the weekend. That's what we did. We sat back. We kind of let them catch up a little bit over the weekend. It's okay. We're about to burst out Monday through Friday this week and really put this thing in the bag. Um, so make sure you go crush that promo code Broncos. Very simple, and, and get in on this and help us. Uh, prevail victorious you know i'm not gonna lie at the beginning of the weekend i was feeling a little sean mcveigh you know just so pumped every touchdown every promo code that comes in i'm pumping my fist so happy and then at the end of the weekend when when, you know the the lead started to dwindle a bit kind of felt like the patriot way you know to even though you know the lead's still there bill belichick just never enjoys anything i kind of felt like that i'm like oh no no, we're the champs. We don't lose this thing. We can't even let this be close. So help us out. Make me feel like Sean McVay again. Because come on, it's not. It does. It never looks fun to be Bill Belichick. Let's be Sean McVay. Let's run away with this thing. Promo code Broncos. And I know you guys. I mean, you're chiming in via via Twitter, reaching out via email on our comment section, letting us know you're there. So when you sign up, make sure you give us a shout out so we can give you guys a shout out. And let's blow this thing out of the water the next few days. Absolutely. I love all the people who are like, I'm trying to figure out a way that I can like start over so I can figure out, you know, uh, how I can help you guys right now. Like that's our community to a T, which is so cool. Uh, people trying to add years onto their subscriptions and whatnot. It's, <laughs> yep. it's pretty great. All right, let's uh, get to the questions here, Zach. And the questions are back. The questions mm. are back. And it, it, we should have seen it coming um, because we knew there was going to be a little lull after we went on a little hiatus there. It wasn't our fault. Uh, now, now we're back to normalcy, and, and the comment section went right along with it. Do you want to uh, get us started? First one coming in from True Champ Fan 24 He says, hey, guys, decided to help out on that challenge and subscribe. Love the coverage. Thank you so much for subscribing. This is what we're talking about. First question coming in just about this. He says, I am all in on Locke, though I love me some Haskins more and think he is the truth. I'm not concerned as much about the first rounder and what we do. I'm really concerned about after that. I pray that Devin Bush from Michigan falls to the second round and Denver scoops him up. I know this isn't the draft pod, but do you see any way a Devin Bush falls and Vic has John pull the trigger? Thanks, guys. Well, Devin Bush, for for those that don't know, uh, like True Champ Fan 24 said, he's from Michigan. He's viewed it as a first rounder. Anywhere from 10 to 25, he can go. So, I mean, 10. The Broncos could pick him at the first round, and a lot of draft experts wouldn't say they're crazy. Now, I think that's a little too high for him, but certainly a first-round pick. If he falls 
to the second round at 40? Let's say you get your quarterback in the first round and you get Vic Fangio's centerpiece of the defense in the second round? Yeah, that's an absolute win. Uh, Devin White or, or Devin Bush, he's an athletic as can be player. He can play it all sideline to sideline, can play the run, can play the pass. A little bit undersized, but that didn't bother him at Michigan at all. Man, you would wish that this guy would fall to the second round and be there and you can get your, you know, athletic linebacker and feel really comfortable about putting him into the middle of uh, Vic Fangio's defense. Then you can kind of have uh, Josie Jewell play alongside him. You feel like you have your combination there for the future. It sounds really enticing. It also sounds like a bit of a pipe dream because not only does Devin Bush have to fall out of the first round, he has to fall 10 spots deep into the second round. And what we know about these guys is really the only thing that can cause that to happen is things that you don't want to happen to guys that you want to draft, whether that's um, some sort of arrest or some sort of ghosts or skeletons coming out from his past. Those aren't things that you really want to happen to a guy that you want to draft. So the best case scenario here is I could see him being available on day two and if the Broncos want him they're gonna have to trade up to the first or second pick of the second round to get him um but I just I can't see him falling all the way to the Broncos no and it would be a huge win like I said you get your quarterback and a lot of people think and want the Broncos to get that this athletic linebacker uh at 10 so you get him in the second round that'd be huge next one coming in from Kingish 214 says is Kyler Murray's dad his agent I thought he has an agent Scott Boris. So he did have an agent in baseball. From what I was gathering is he wasn't... Scott Boris wasn't serving as his football agent as well. Is that the way you... Exactly. He was his baseball agent, which is interesting that you wouldn't just have an agent. That uh, maybe it's because Scott Boris is so in with baseball teams. Yeah. He couldn't be meddling around, um, you know, with, with... Kyler Murray in the football world he said hey if you're gonna do that then you might have to go in a different direction I don't know exactly how it worked I'm kind of just spitballing here but that's at least the way I interpreted it do we have do you have any source or you know um, article you can point to that uh, highlights that I've, I've seen everywhere him referred to as his baseball agent so now I would imagine that he gets a football agent moving forward uh, and well let, let, let's Let's get into some more questions because I know one is going to come up in actually right now coming in from Hacksack. He says, hey, guys, I want some insight into your thoughts about Kyler Murray. I know you guys are high on him, provided he chooses to play NFL over baseball. You guys saw the interview with him kind of grunting his way through questions and looking over at his agent, quote unquote, dad, to see if he's allowed to say something. Of course, he's referring to the Dan Patrick interview. I know you guys talked about Daniel Jones a couple pods back and how he sucks talking to press and use that as a factor to say he's overrated. What is the difference between these interviews with Murray and Daniel Jones's senior bowl press talks? Well, I think it's a great question. I think it's a fantastic question because Kyler Murray was awful with Dan Patrick and the rest of the media during Super Bowl week. He was terrible, absolutely awful. Now we need to see how he changes, how he evolves. He doesn't need to have a press conference today. In fact, he shouldn't have a press conference today. He should do what he said he's going to do in that release, and that's doing everything to get ready for the combine, doing everything to get ready for the draft, doing everything to get ready for these interviews uh, and his pro day. That's what he needs to be focused on now, but he needs to be ready for when he meets with the media at the combine. He needs to be a completely different person 
than he was. And now, Ryan, maybe you have some insight on this. I don't. I didn't follow him. Uh, you know, s- super closely at Oklahoma, and I don't know what he was like with the media at Oklahoma. But if he was bad with the media at Oklahoma, he wants to change that in the next few weeks because he does need to show fans and to show general managers and to show owners that he can be a franchise quarterback. That's before we even saw Drew Locke on the field. We loved him because he he could be that franchise guy. Dwayne Haskins, I believe, also has that. Daniel Jones, as we've said, and Hacksack points out, we we said we were not impressed with with that. So Kyler Murray does need to show that he can be more impressive in that area. Yeah, real quick, just to circle back a little bit, um, Scott Boris does not represent any football players. His agency represents about 175 baseball players. That's it. Yep. So I think that probably tells you he probably told Kyler, Hey, look, you got to do what's best for you. Maybe he didn't. He doesn't seem like the guy who would say something like that. <laughs> no. But what he's saying is, if you're going football, you're not with me. Yeah. So don't drag me into this because I have relationships with all these MLB clubs. Maybe they might not be good relationships uh, based on what I know about Scott Boris. But I can't be, you know, seen as someone who's, who's you know, pulling you one way so you can increase your value. I just don't, I don't want that on my reputation. So it sounds like – uh, it's been kind. Of, it's it has been kind of his dad who's who's advising him from a football standpoint, and maybe that's not the best thing. And like you said, he probably should go get an agent now for football. Uh, maybe he takes the lead from his buddy Baker Mayfield and goes with uh, Boulder-based Tom Mills. Mm, that'd be that'd be popular here, and maybe connections to Denver, the Broncos, potentially. Who knows? Love it. Um, as for his media savviness, we are going to find out. At the Combine, right? That's, Zach, very soon. Um, two weeks, right? About two weeks away now. I believe so. Um, so we certainly need to get on finishing our uh, <laughs> travel plans. But until then, yeah, I think he's going to need maybe do a, Maybe he should do like an exclusive interview with Sports Illustrated where he sits down and really opens up about this process and why it was so hard for him. And he talks about the Dan Patrick interview and how it really hurt him. Maybe he goes back on Dan Patrick, you know? Right. Like – he needs to go on a little bit of a media tour right now to reclaim what may have been lost in that awkward position. And he, and he just has to apologize, you know, say it really, you know, sit on Dan Patrick and say, Hey man, it really hurt me to have to do that to you. I, I was trying to listen to the people that were advising me and, you know, um, I was told to really not to play everything close to the vest and not give anything away. And I have to tell you, like when I walked out of the building here, I just, I felt really bad about it because I didn't feel like I was fair to you guys. Um, and, and that's why I wanted to come back on today and really talk with you guys. And, and you can see, you know, who I am when I'm being myself, like that would be perfect. Right? Exactly. It, it would be perfect. And Dan Patrick would be the perfect place to do that. Right. And Dan Patrick will put together a fantastic interview. He'll ask Kyler questions that give him a chance to explain why this was so tough for him and why he did what he did to the athletics and, the whole experience, so that would be really perfect for him to just do an exclusive sit down with the DP show, and and really repair uh, the damage that was done then. And then again, a little over two weeks from now, we will be in Indianapolis, and we'll have a chance. And I'm sure there will be hundreds of others who want to uh, be alongside us there. We'll have a chance to see how he does. And remember, he doesn't have to be perfect. Baker Mayfield was not perfect on the podium there, but he said some really powerful things and he said something that will always stick with me from now until the day that he leads the Browns to the Super Bowl which was if there's 
one person who can turn that franchise around, it's me. And he's already in what, you know, 10 games starting already uh, made that very clear that he is that guy. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question about that. And one of the things I love about the off season is especially this off season, it really doesn't feel like an off season. There's so much news, but we can also sneak some questions in some off season questions. And this one coming in from pastor red, he says, Hey guys, which team do you think is currently the most irrelevant franchise in the league? We'd love to hear not just from you two, but from the BSN fam as well. So we have uh, Pastor Rhett chiming in. He says he believes it's the Dolphins. Spacebar uh, says Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Bronco Duck chiming in. Says the Raiders. Some other people chimed in as well. Ryan, who's the most irrelevant franchise in the league? Potential future home of Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals. Mm, yeah. They just like do not register on, yeah. the, uh, on the scale. No. It's like, even, uh, look, you can say the Raiders and try and take a jab at them. The Raiders aren't even a bottom 10 team in relevancy, probably. Very relevant. Yeah, they're extremely relevant, and they're, and they're just, they're an, all, they're, in, they're an all-time franchise that, you know, everyone recognizes. And also, they're relevant now, too. I mean, you have John Gruden, you have all the debacle with where they're playing next year, and then in one year when they're in Vegas, it's going to be the biggest thing ever. Yeah, the only reason I think the um, Cardinals would have any relevancy is because of David Johnson and how high he goes in fantasy drafts, so people are paying attention to their games to see what happens. He had a terrible year this year behind a terrible offensive line, but I would say it's it's probably the Cardinals. I would say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in there, but again, like I, I've, I saw way more Tampa Bay Buccaneers highlights on TV this year than I did. Uh, Arizona Cardinals and uh, well they're a better team and of course Ryan Fitzpatrick was a fun storyline so that makes sense there trying to think it can't be a team really in the in the you know northeast all of those teams get even the bills like yeah the bills aren't irrelevant no um I think another a few other teams you could throw in there you could throw the Jacksonville Jaguars in now the reason there's they're not my number one is because there's just always enough buzz about them going to London and that, that kind of keeps them above the bottom echelon, but they're certainly there. Not to mention they made an AFC championship game last year. That's true. That's true. Another team who is close to the bottom, probably not the bottom, Cincinnati Bengals, Oof. I think are certainly in there. Man, the worst place to be in sports is just better than bad enough. And that's where they've been for the past 15 years. Uh, and I do think the Miami Dolphins. I think... Holy cow. I mean, did you I mean that their stadium was redone, spent like hundreds of millions of dollars to do it. You know, you don't really know that. I mean, unless you you've been there like like you have, you know, the the last thing I remember about them was that they put hot tubs in their stadium. Uh, like 3 years back or something like that. They have no quarterback. I thought that was the Buccaneers. Was it? Was it the Bucks? Yeah. I think it was the Dolphins too. Oh, well. <laughs> So I guess those are maybe the two teams right there. Really, any team in Florida? Yeah, I think. Well, I think Florida is oversaturated. Yeah, and so it makes it tough. College football is such a big deal there. I think um, there's so many people going there to retire. Like, it's just I don't think it's a good place to breed sports fandom. Even it's not. even when the Heat were good, like their fans were the worst because they yeah. were. Ju- it was just like they're there because they're good. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think Florida has a problem, but the Miami in, Marlins are terrible in yeah. terms of fan support. Even with all that said, I still come back to the Cardinals and say, yeah. there's just something about being down there in the desert 
and being bad, that just makes it really easy for everyone to forget about you. Well, what's Arizona? Just like Florida, a retirement place. It's not the best place to breed sports. Old people are rooting <laughs> sports, my column. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it checks out. Uh, all right, next one here comes in from Bronco Duck, correct? Yes. As a Broncos fan, I feel lucky to have a living legend like John Elway as our GM. And yes, I realize what a fanboy comment that is. I'm happy to take the good with the bad. His good decisions have been great. Von Miller, Peyton Manning, Tlaib, Ward, and Ware. He had the best offense in 2013 and the best defense in 2015. Nothing short of impressive. He's made some bad moves too, no question. But I think the ship is now going in the right direction. We need a QB in the first round though. That's going to be crucial. Additionally, what do you guys think the best course of action will be in the trenches? Free agency draft. Did you see Wilkinson and Turner starting at guard or moving back to tackle? Thank you guys for the great content. First off, Bronco Duck, I totally echo your sentiment about having John Elway as the GM. I'd, I, I'd rather, you know, personally covering the team, whether the Broncos are bad or good, it's so much better to have a guy like John Elway be in your articles. Talk about him on the podcast all the time. Uh, interview him six times a year. It's so much better than, than talking to Joe Phillips or, or just some random GM. Now, of course, that's only going to last for so long. If John's not able to get it together, then I, I do believe, like a lot of people say, that he's made his last hire as a head coach, uh, probably. But I, I totally understand what you're saying. It's fun to have him back, not back in the news, but he's been with them and he's going to be with them for a while. Yeah, I always tell you, like, it's so weird. Like, at the Combine, they have the GM press conferences. Yeah. And John Elway walks in and, like, heads are turning and cameras are snapping and people are... <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then, like, Ryan Pace walks in <laughs> and no one even notices. Yeah. Like, legitimately. So nope. They can just walk... They can go wherever they want, walk around... You know, they can go to dinner, wherever. They don't need any private security. And I always say, like, it would be so weird if the Broncos GM was just a regular guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know what it's like to cover a team where the GM is a regular guy. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of – it's it's weird. I mean, I guess I would compare it kind of to covering CU with Rick George being the athletic director. I loved it because it, they feel more accessible, right? right? You saw um, – who is the GM of the um, Atlanta Falcons? The hipster-looking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forget his name, and, and I'm sorry about that. But he was just down there at the Senior Bowl, standing on the side where the media was, chatting it up with a couple of beat writers from the Falcons. And, like, I've probably had a an off-the-record chat with John Elway twice yeah. ever. And this just seemed like a regular thing. They were talking about things not about football, things about football. And I was just like, hmm, that must be cool. But it would also be weird for the for the GM not to be John Elway, I just I I'm so it would be so foreign to me. It it would be so foreign. At the Senior Bowl is a perfect example. Everyone's turning heads when John walks by. Let let alone you don't notice. I did this. I was sitting next to a GM for about an hour and a half at practice, and you don't notice until like an hour of the way through when someone tells you. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't exactly become your best friend. No, he he certainly didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean. I think John's going to be here for a while. I think um, I think this hire is going to work out. And we're going to talk a lot about Vic Fangio tomorrow on the podcast. Um, but I think this hire is going to work out, which means I think John's going to be here for a while. And I think they're going to get a quarterback this year, which I think will also buy him some serious time. Now, 
miss on coach and quarterback again, and it has to be over. You're just going to have to get a new thought process in here because that would be two times in a row missing on coach and quarterback, and that could that would that would collectively have set the Broncos back seven years. Mm-hmm. You cannot get away with that, no matter who you are. But who's above them? Who's well, above them? And and that's that's just what I come back to is, I said it earlier, but I I, I don't believe it. I, I I believe until the ownership is is taken care of, it's John. John's going to be here in, until he steps away. How long is this ownership thing going to drag on? I don't think it's going to drag on through this entire Vic Fangio slash hopefully Kyler Murray era. What, John has four years left on his deal, I think? I think he's entering his fourth year. Or fourth year, yeah. I think he has three years left on his deal. Three years left on his deal? So you think the ownership is decided by then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then if it is, then yeah, I agree with you. There's just, I mean, with the amount of... of bickering that's going on right now not just from the fans but from the actual bullens yeah i just cannot see this thing dragging on for five seven ten years yeah i mean it would be miserable on broncos fans to have like like i already hate this conversation now and it's only been going on for a year like one whole year starting <laughs> this off season yeah i can't i cannot do five years of this no please no please no this no, lawyer you said this, and then this lawyer yeah. said this, and then so-and-so said this, and this person released a statement about this. I mean, you guys don't care about it. You, you don't want to hear about it. So, yeah, just finish up quick. Name Brittany. Yep. The owner. Or sell the team. Very simple. Go. Figure it out. Yep. Do it now. Yep. Tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> All right, next one comes in from Ooh Benny Lava. He says, hey, guys, welcome back. It's so Good to hear the old crew again. That being said, having all four of you guys on the Senior Bowl is an absolute blast. Some of the most fun pods I've heard from you. You four should get together to do a pod like every other week or whenever it would work for your schedules. Here's my question. Well, let's. I think that would be really fun. Yeah, it would be uh, fun. Something to look into, especially leading up to the draft, and we can kind of mm. circle back to Senior Bowl experiences and whatnot. Yeah. Um, we can certainly try and do a couple uh, between now and, and the draft. Yeah, absolutely. The off season's a time where we can do stuff like that. <laughs> All right, he says, here's my question. I was unaware of this podcast last off season. I was wondering if you guys ever do any live podcasts, if that's even possible. I think it would be awesome. For example, to have a live podcast during the draft to instantly analyze the picks, not just only as the Broncos picks, but every picks. That kind of instant coverage would be incredibly gratifying. I know the first thing I do when a player is selected is scour the internet and YouTube for highlights and stats. Thanks again, gents. So... Two two part answer. One, Zach and I have not been able to do that in the past because we are in the Broncos facility. Um, we are talking to the players right after they're drafted. We get a conference call with them, um, and and so we're right there. So maybe we could do um, an instant reaction, one minute video from our post. In, in the Broncos facility, which would actually be kind of fun, and we should think about doing that, Absolutely. Um, but we, we aren't able to do stuff like that because um, we're, we're working, essentially, like instantly. And we're, we're, we go in, we, we hear the conference call, we come back, we write a story. So it's hard for us to do a live podcast. That's the bad news. The good news is that the last two years, uh, I believe, maybe it was just last year, Andre and AJ, who do the draft pod, have yep. been doing a live podcast broadcast uh live podcast via periscope i believe and that's been really fun for them so 
Um, they do a pod. They drop a pod after every single um, round of the draft. We do our pod. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, our draft content. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even gonna mince words here. Our draft content is better than everyone else by a long shot. No, the the best way to describe it is it's too much. I mean, I you have to be. You might as well take a few days off of work in order to read everything we put out because it really is. It's crazy. I mean, Ryan, you'll. I'll put up a great story on you know Friday morning, and it'll be completely drowned out by Friday afternoon just because we have like seven other pieces there. Then you do the same, and by Saturday morning, it's completely drowned out. It's it's the best place to be. Yeah, the drafts. We don't not we do not mess around during the draft. Uh, it's all content all the time. So um, don't don't worry about us on, on in terms of draft content, and make sure you uh, take in the whole. The entire thing. And the best part, you said take days off of work. Don't take days off of work, literally. Just go to work and then take the day <laughs> off just reading our stuff. And so that's – get in on this now. Use promo, promo code BRONCOS to not only set us over the edge, but you get that discount on your promo code. And then you get draft coverage this year. You get everything. You get the season. And now – you, you, you may want the other coverage, but also with this, you get the Nuggets, the Avs, the Rockies coverage. Even though you're using promo code Broncos, you still get all of BSN's network, so make sure you get on in on that. Yeah, that's great. And real quick, I just want to say um, Harrison Wind, who covers the Nuggets for us, he's our top Nuggets beat writer, dropped a fantastic feature about Isaiah Thomas today. Lots of really cool anecdotal stuff, which is my favorite thing whenever I read a story, hearing kind of the stories from inside. Uh, really great story. So when you subscribe, I recommend you read that. Uh, we're going to have tons of Broncos content coming this week. Let's take a break. Before we go to break, just quick breaking news, which I don't think we're going to get to talk about much today. The Cleveland Browns have signed Kareem Hunt. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and what is it called on Twitter? Is it called you've been ratioed when you get more retweets than likes? No, when you get more responses oh, when you than get more retweets res- or likes. Okay. Okay. Well, I was going to say the Browns are getting that because they're getting more retweets than likes on, on this signing. And yeah, that's how I expect it to be taken. This is an interesting one. And what a Monday. The NFL never <laughs> sleeps. The AAF tried to make a little run this yep. weekend. The NFL was like, hey, we didn't go anywhere. All right, let's take our last break here. When we come back, we'll finish up the rest of your questions. There's nothing more important than family, and for more than 100 years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and so I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow and and that's just something that you know I, I think that I bring that not a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. 
you don't have to, there's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN, gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. Final segment here on the BSN Broncos podcast. Thanks for tuning in with us. And thanks to all of those who have used the Broncos promo code to help us get out to this lead. Do not stop. We will we'll we'll lose if you guys stop now and we don't lose and i know you guys aren't going to stop so tell your friend tell your girlfriend's dad uh tell the in-laws tell your newborn son that they better subscribe or they won't be in your life anymore (laughs) i love it i love it and all you have to do use that promo code broncos exactly all right, from Housewolf, he says, Hey, all, glad you're back. New site looks great. I'm about to go check out some film room action. I felt like Elway has taken a lot of flack for his draft picks, and maybe he deserves some of that. But the last draft was on point, and I hope he doesn't go back to the dumpster fire now that Kubiak is gone. But he's also made several moves that weren't popular but proved to be wise. One might even say Patriot-esque. A lot of fans were mad when Champ Bailey was let go. The next year, we went on to win a Super Bowl. Fans were upset when TJ Ward was let go, and he went on to do nothing with the Bucks. Not even sure he's still playing. Fans were mad when Aqib Tlaib was traded, and he blew out his Achilles like a month later. I think you're thinking of Demarius Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, but And maybe Kayvon Webster, too, were guys who they got rid of that yeah. uh, tore their Achilles. Thankfully, he was able to return later in the season. I don't, he definitely didn't tear his Achilles. He did have an injury, though, with the Rams this year, so maybe he yeah. was thinking of Aqib. Yeah. Fans were upset when we let C.J. Anderson go. He went on. He went on to do nothing until the Rams got him, and he dug deep to put in his annual two-game performance. Fans got upset when we let Thomas go, and he played for a few games and then blew his Achilles. These have all been pretty good moves uh, made ahead of a disaster, while at the same time making cap room. I don't feel like L.A. gets enough credit for them. Let's talk about this before we get to the rest of his thing. Um, the thing is, you don't get credit for anything when you're losing. Mm-hmm. Why would you get credit? Just because it seems like a good move in hindsight, if it didn't help your team win, then it did nothing, you know, it did nothing for the fans. So that's why. That's why he's not getting credit for this stuff because the Broncos have won 11 games in two years. Yeah, and when John had talked to Peter King a few weeks ago, he said that. He said, and that's something he recently realized is, People aren't going to go back and give you credit for moving on from Champ Bailey uh, or, more importantly, you know, moving on from TJ Ward. That was very controversial from the fans' eyes, also from the players' eyes. And that that doesn't happen as a GM. You get killed in the moment. If it works out two years later, well, you don't really get praised for that. But I think what was important is he realizes that making those tough decisions is something that he's okay with now that maybe he he wasn't okay with getting all that backlash earlier. Yeah, it's really interesting. The rest of uh, House Wolf's comment here, he says, in and out and five guys are trash. <laughs> wow. Try Bebop's in the Midwest if you want a real burger and fries. I will try the tap water next time I visit my brother in Denver, but I'll be honest, that's kind of a weird flex. <laughs> is it a weird flex if it's true? Yes, it still can be a weird flex. I agree. It, it actually is a weird flex. Yeah, I like you calling us out on it. But it's a real flex. Um, Ever heard of Bebops? Nope. Never, never heard of it. It sounds like something you would call a good song. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a real Bebop right here. It works too. <laughs> um, 
there's no way you can think five guys is trash. It's the first person I've ever heard that said five guys was trash. Yeah, it's 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 a really solid burger. If you like burgers, mm. then you like five guys, I think. It's hard not to. I just I want to hear what your complaint is. Maybe I I bet you're gonna come back and say I, I actually don't think Five Guys is trash. I was just uh, Bebop's <laughs> is just better. Wow. Okay. You're on the spot there. Bebop's is slogan, and here's how you know it's it's in Iowa: burgers, fries, and cola. Oh, cola. Um, speaking of burgers, I had Doghouse yesterday. Oh man. But it was the most painful Doghouse experience of my life. Wow. Do you know why? Nope, I'm on a diet. Oh. So I didn't get to have the bun, which is the oh, best part of Doghouse. But no. everyone I was with wanted to go to Doghouse, so I went. And I'll say this. When you can't have the bun, you re- it really highlights how good the meat is. Mm. The meat is fantastic. Yeah. What'd you go with, burger? Or? Yeah, so I just had the little mule, which has like an egg on top. Because mm. uh, I need a little extra protein Full to protein, fill me yep. up. Um, and avocado. Mm. Um, and then some... Little breakfast. Yeah, it was. That's kind of like what it was. It was like a breakfast scramble. By oh. the time I chopped it up and ate it, uh, it was. I was blown away. The seasoning, everything about the meat was perfect. Oh, you're killing me. Oh, just thinking about those dogs. Why do we, when we have this conversation? I always forget to say Doghouse is better than all of these. It's true. It's Legit. really true. It is. It is very true. So I know I've said like five. I think I said at one point five guys is my number one. No way. Doghouse is better. Yeah, Doghouse is so good. Oh, my gosh. See, they're so good that we're giving them free advertisement, <laughs> even though they don't pay for it anymore. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one here from Carrix. He says, hey, guys, had until May to renew my subscription. Plus, I'm a student, so I was already getting it cheaper. But I pony up and invested in another year of Broncos coverage for the contest. Ooh, wow. Carrix is the MVP. What a legend. Amazing. What an absolute legend. I'll never forget this. No. I never will. Uh, he says no Broncos questions, but I will chime in on In and Out. This is a, mm. this is a become a never ending. <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember how it came up the most recent time. This shows just how wrong you are, Ryan. No, I mean, you know, if everyone agreed, then it, it would have fallen to the wayside. But you're you're just wrong. No, it shows that I'm right because it's polarizing. <laughs> like when someone makes a dumb take, everyone's like, "What an idiot!" and moves on. I gotta say, when was the first time you tweeted this? Over a, well over a year ago. I couldn't believe how many likes it had, to be honest. I couldn't believe it. It ended up with something like well over 100. Yeah. 150, maybe more. I was disappointed, honestly, and just in humanity. That's, that's the silent majority right there. <laughs> um, all right, here's what, here's what Carrix has to say about In-N-Out. I think it's definitely a tier above McDonald's, but not good enough to have a cult following. With that said, In-N-Out didn't do their research in Colorado. This is the most interesting comment we've had on this Mm. so far. Because Colorado Springs already has a place called Drifters that is literally the same. Seriously. Same sauce, same burgers, same shakes, and same crappy fries. (laughs) I actually had Drifters before In-N-Out, and when I finally had In-N-Out, I was shocked that Drifters is legitimately the same. If anyone who loves In-N-Out is in Colorado Springs, go to Drifters, especially because In-N-Out will be crazy busy when it opens. That's true. It will be crazy busy, and hopefully Drifters in, enjoys their last few months or years of being the, the best burger in Colorado Springs because uh, in and outs coming. Slow your roll because I'm not going to name names here. We've already given out enough free advertisement. There's two <laughs> breakfast places in Boulder that are almost right next to each other. 
One is significantly better than the other. Mm. But that one always has a line that's so long that you just say, you know what? Screw it. We're going yeah. to the other one. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so drifters actually could have a boom in business because of this. So they have two slogans. Well, I guess they have one slogan. Best burger in Colorado Springs. All right. And their burgers are California style. So... So they really? literally are just going, they're just copying in and out. It's genius. Yep. Yep. Too bad. I mean, it's too bad I haven't heard about it because it means their buzz has like, I've driven through Colorado Springs many times, never had the urge to go there. I wonder what their price point is. Cause that, that's one thing that's, that's so good about in and out is I'm always just amazed that I, I, I always think it's like five guys pricing, but it's not. No, it's cheaper. It might be the cheapest now. Yeah. Even McDonald's is starting to up the price. I don't think they have a dollar menu like McDonald's does. Right. But in terms of if you're just going to get like a burger and fries and a shake, it might come out less at In-N-Out than it would at McDonald's. Oh, man. Even though I'd still probably take an In-N-Out burger over a Drifter's. Just looking at these menus online, Ryan, trying to do some research. I I could go for a burger. Any go. burger. Yeah. <laughs> I just had one less than 24 hours ago. I could probably go for one myself. Um all right, he had a question here. My question is, with the new coaching staff in place... Oh, wait, this is a this is a new question. Sorry. This one's from Upstate Garbage Plate. Oh, wow. Which is what I call In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, new subscriber here from Upstate New York. Wanted to get in here and help out with the challenge. You're the best. You guys do a great job giving insight on my favorite sports team, and I couldn't pass up the chance for a free t-shirt which you will get if your peers stay the course. Mm. Go Broncos. My question is, with the new coaching staff in place, which players do you see being able to take the next step with better coaching and make their way to the Pro Bowl or even all pro honors? We have a lot of talented players who I think with better coaching can absolutely take the next step. I was high on Garrett Bowles, even knowing he was going to be a project, but I love the attitude and fire he has. Clean, uh, he cleaned up at the end of the season, and I think with Mike Munchak, he can be even better. My hot pocket hot take for next season is Garrett Bowles and one other O lineman make the Pro Bowl. Thanks and all as always for the awesome podcast, guys. First off, upstate garbage. Well, a few things. You gotta let us know what the name is referring to. Obviously, coming from upstate New York, but what's what's the garbage plate? Is it is it In and Out? I, <laughs> I mean, don't think they have In and Out in New York. <laughs> I don't think they do either. Also, you're the best. Thank you so much for subscribing, helping us out, and also. I think you, you hit it right on the head with Mike Munchak. There's two places that I look that I think just coaching alone can help improve this team offensive line with Mike Munchak. In, from left tackle to right tackle, from the backups, everything in between, I think he's going to do wonders for this. And maybe I feel like I'm setting my sights too high on what he can do. But then I look at what he's done the past four decades in the NFL, and, and, and I say, no, you're not crazy for thinking that. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Bowles turns into a Pro Bowl player one day. Um, it turns Connor McGovern into uh, a, a solid, really good center, a really good starting right guard. Uh, one of those things. And the other is on the opposite side of the ball, and that's Vic Fangio and the linebackers. From Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb on the outside, to the inside guys with Todd Davis, Brandon Marshall, Josie Jewell, someone they draft. You know, maybe one of those guys isn't there. But what Vic Fangio has been able to do during his entire career with linebackers, whether he was a linebacker's coach, whether he was the defensive coordinator, is absolutely incredible. And just look at his first stop in the NFL when he had the Dome Patrol there down in New Orleans, and he had 
four starting linebackers, all four of them were all pro players. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. Um, but I, I always am careful to overhype this because it seems like player development is way harder than people think it is. Yes. Like if a guy's good in year two, well, he's just going to be even better in year three. And I and I'm not um, saying I'm I'm uh, safe from this at all. In fact, I was a victim of this last year with with Justin Simmons. I thought Justin Simmons was going to become a Pro Bowl player this year. He took a step back. These things are very hard to predict. And there's so many different variables that we, you know, don't even understand being, being, you know, not with these people on a day-to-day basis in their lives. So I always tell people to pump the brakes on player development, um, or at least don't count on it. You can hope for it, but don't count on it. With that being said, I think Bradley Chubb is going to be on another level this next year. Um, I think between having, you know, Vic Fangio there now, and having a um, a outside linebackers coach in Brandon Staley that's going to be working with him on a daily basis and really being able to you know help him uh, grow. I think Bowles is an interesting one, but I think Connor McGovern is the one who's going to um, benefit the most from Mike Munchak. And and here's the reason I'm just gonna be brutally honest. I think Connor McGovern is better at taking coaching. I think he's more open-minded to it. I think he absorbs it better. I think he takes what he what he's taught and, and puts it on the field better. And so while I hope Garrett Bowles develops, I'm, I feel like I would be overlooking some things I know about Garrett Bowles by saying, oh, yeah, Mike Munchak's going to turn him into a pro bowler. I think it could happen. But he's going to have to change his mindset a little bit. Yeah, and let me clarify. I'm not putting my money on that. I just wouldn't be blown away for for every reason you laid out. Next one coming in from Andreas3000. He says, hey, guys, Andreas3000 shouting out from the UK here. Been loving the coverage, as always, from all the stuff in late December about squad stay or go, senior bowl, etc., and I'm psyched for upcoming free agency and the draft. By the way, we're about one month away from free agency. He says, all this chat about fast food places got me thinking if you guys have Greg's the Bakers, and I looked it up, and I don't think you do. No, we certainly don't. Anyway, if anyone is making it to London, to any London games, they must go and check it out. They do the British classic food, the hot pasty, which is a lot like how you describe a Hot Pocket, more delicately baked. They also do sausage rolls and donuts. Has a regular visit from me at least once a week. Before we go on, interesting. I love hearing it. And now we have a British form of a Hot Pocket coming in on the show. I think I've brought this up before, and I think the actual correct pronunciation is a pasty. Oh, not a pasty. Okay. I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Um, I'm, I'm certainly not the pronunciation pro. Here. Yeah, at least the pe- I've had it before, and the people that I had it with called it that. Okay. So that's what I'm going off of. Um, they could have been wrong, which could cause me to be wrong. <laughs> um, it's exactly like a Hot Pocket. In fact, it's all it is is just a British empanada, really. Mm. Um, so, which is exactly like a Hot Pocket. Yes. Had to pass on some empanadas this weekend, too. Oh, it's been man. A, it was a rough weekend oh, for me. You can't just eat the stuff out of the middle? I did actually have a few bites of the, of the steak on the inside. Man, I'm looking at these. They look pretty good. You're really on the. Uh, you're quick with the with the fingers today, and it's killing me. I wish I wasn't. I'm just looking at food all morning. Yeah, I'm getting pretty hungry here too. 
But we only have two more questions here once we get to the rest of Andreas. You want to finish it for us? Also, it's it's pretty interesting that uh, you know we have some food recommendations coming out from London because I've heard they're not really known for their food up there. Yeah, I've heard that too. Continue. But I like all food. Oh, sorry. Continue. <laughs> food, food, and that looked really good too. He says, regarding QB, sign me up for Drew Locke. I reckon trading the following year's first round pick would get Elway high enough to get him. Where in the draft do you guys reckon they need to get him in order to quote unquote lock him up? I think he, he here's what I'm thinking right now. You trade ten overall this year, next year's first to the Tampa Bay Bucks who are sitting at five. I think that's a very realistic trade offer. I think it makes sense for the Bucks because the the Bucks, they don't need a quarterback. With Bruce Arians, they're going with Jameis Winston. And like we said with <clears throat> with the Cardinals. The Bucks could get the best. They they could get a really good defensive player along the line at five. They could get nearly the exact same quality at ten and pick up a first round pick who from a team that's going to be playing a rookie quarterback. That makes a lot of sense. That should be high enough to get Locke. But Ryan, I'm not trusting anything that I'm seeing or hearing right now in terms of mock drafts when it comes to quarterbacks right now. Pretty much every mock draft has a first quarterback going at six. Then they have a quarterback going at seven. Then they have maybe a trade up to nine. And then they have a quarterback at 10 to the Broncos. Come on. That's the first quarterback is not going six. In fact, the second quarterback is going to at six at the latest. So right now, five would be enough. I think five would be enough. But gosh. I could see a quarterback going one and a team trading up to three to grab the second quarterback. And then at five, you're getting the third quarterback. Yeah. And, and the Broncos might be good with getting the third quarterback if they're in love with Drew Locke, um, which I think he will be the third quarterback now, especially with Kyler completely committing. I think there's actually an outside chance that you could still get him at 10. Whoa. I just wouldn't take that risk. Yeah. I wouldn't want to get above seven. To, be, to feel safe that I'm going to get Drew Locke. Because here's the thing. Once the draft comes around at the end of April, you're already going to have passed up on every free agent quarterback. You're already going to have passed up on trading for a quarterback. You know, Nick Foles is going to be gone. Um, who else is it? Uh, Joe Flacco is going to be gone. So if your plan is to get Drew Locke, you, you got to get him. You can't wait. Because then if, if he's taken at nine because you, you waited, then you're hosed. Your whole plan is hosed. Yeah, you you cannot have the risk of not getting a quarterback in this draft. So where are you comfortable trading up to? You know, without giving too much, where do you think Drew Locke will still be? Oh, to get Drew Locke. Yeah. Um, I want to get to at least six. Okay. Um, if I if it, I just say trade up to one. There you go. Get Take, your guy. Right. Like that's what the Rams did. Yep. Look, they were in the Super Bowl this year. Yep. Guess what? The Eagles moved up to two because the Rams moved up to one. Yep. They were in the Super Bowl last year, and they won it. Now, it wasn't with that quarterback, but they wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for that quarterback. Yep, exactly. So, stop playing around. Yeah. Get your guy. Yep. All right, from Defender96, Elway is known for playing his cards close to the vest, is he not? Mm, I don't know. His <laughs> draft picks have been pretty uh, predictable. <laughs> At least, you know, for some for some people. We we got a little caught up in the Josh Rosen thing last year. And and really no one had Chubb, actually. But that wasn't because of John Elway. Yeah. 
That was because the John Elway didn't think that Chubb was going to be there. Yeah, we knew the Broncos were very, very high on Bradley Chubb. That was not a secret. That's true. And in fact, when he was there, we, we looked at each yeah. other and we said, it's going to be Chubb. Yep. Because we had, t- we had told you guys dozens of times on this podcast, we know for a fact that the Broncos absolutely love Bradley Chubb. If they have a chance to draft him, they probably will. Yep. Um, anyways, he goes on to say, presuming that to be the case – all this Drew Locke love coming from the Broncos' mouthpieces sounds like a lot of misdirection. What is the likelihood they trade up to grab Haskins? Again, I can't wait till we get to talk to, to John Elway again because I have the perfect question for him. But I don't think they like Haskins. From everything I've heard, uh, from the buzz around Haskins, I don't think Haskins is their guy. In fact, I think they have a higher chance of drafting Kyler Murray than they do of drafting Dwayne Haskins. Mm, yeah, it really does seem like right now it's a one-man show for the Broncos. And they're in a fortunate position where maybe occasionally you'll see Drew Locke being the number one guy. But typically he's not. Typically he's the second or third guy. And it could be a smokescreen, but... Ryan, from, from what I'm hearing and also from the names that, that, that are putting this out, it really doesn't seem like a smokescreen with this. But then we're talking about the quarterback position. Wouldn't you want a bit of a smokescreen? You would, but wh- who are they smokescreening? I, I think, and that's it, with quarterback, I don't think you need a smokescreen. And I think that even lends more to the reason that the Broncos are going to be very interested in trading up because everyone knows, and John Elway isn't shy about making it known. Yeah, the only the the reason that you would have a smokescreen out is when you're um how can I explain this? You wouldn't need to put up a smokescreen on a guy that you're overvaluing. And I think in a lot of uh, NFL circles, people believe the Broncos are overvaluing Drew Locke right now. So you wouldn't want to you would want to do it the other way around. Right. Um and you know try and say that you wanted a guy that you thought everyone else wanted to make them want to go over you to get him even though you wanted someone else yeah exactly i, th- I think you're right on. i do think it's a really interesting question and a very good question from defender 96 i just don't think it's being set up that way yeah and that would be a long play on the on the misdirection there, going all the way back to going to see a drew lock game right. and none of these other guys and also it's not that smokescreen season yet i don't think john elway starts doing that yeah back in the fall and in january putting that out that happens what right after free agency yeah that that final that's when you can see where everyone that's when you start to be able to identify what teams are going to really want and that's that's what one of the great things of you guys following us in the local coverage uh we have our ears to the ground we're there every day we, we know truly what's going on in that building, what the vibe is. National guys, and when these smoke screens will be put out, we'll be able to wade through and tell you which ones are, are real and which ones are fake because there, there will be some real news coming out of that time too. Right. Like if all of a sudden it came out that the Broncos are in love with Dwayne Haskins, I would say, mm, yeah, sounds maybe a little smoke screeny. Right. All right. Um, last one here from Sutton 14, Thomas 87 hypothetical case absolutely thrives with scangarello what would case cases numbers need to be to extend him okay so you have your franchise guy according uh to sutton 14 thomas 88 here's i have to ask a, a preface did they draft a quarterback well and and that's exactly what i was going to get to this is a nightmare scenario because this means that 
Case is the guy going into this year, I don't believe the Broncos want that by any means. I think they'd rather have Joe Flacco uh, in terms of, you know, a, a veteran. But they, they want to draft a guy. So I think it would mean that scenario I laid out where they are hosed in the draft and they play their cards wrong and don't get someone. So I think this is something that the Broncos really don't want to happen. I mean, entering the season, they wouldn't want it to happen. Yeah. So I'm just going to live in a hypothetical scenario where the Broncos trade up to six. Three teams trade over them, and there's a surprise. Like mm. the, the Cardinals draft Kyler Murray, number one, and the Broncos just simply can't get a quarterback. They're stuck with Case Keenum, and everyone's pissed, but then he comes out and he throws – 39 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Mm. I think they, they have to consider thinking about this long term. Yeah, I think you have to. I think <laughs> you have to at that point. Oh, man. And with those numbers, Ryan, what are you talking? Four years? 100 and... I mean, are you, are you talking over 100 million? Or are you talking four years, 100 million? Uh, either one. <laughs> Is a hard pass for me. <laughs> he's already up there in age. He's had two good seasons. I, there's no way I'm paying a guy $100 million. I mean, at that point, do you franchise him and just say, We're, we'll pay up the wazoo for one year, you'll be our guy, and then we'll see? Yes, I would actually love that. Paying $30 million for a year, which is probably what it would be. Yep. And find out. And if and you if can do this, does it again... Yeah. Then you signed him to a three-year deal worth, God, <laughs> ninety mil. Sure. <laughs> and 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 remember, it's not like we're talking about a thirty-eight-year-old quarterback where you're really pushing the years. No, Case is young enough where you can give him that franchise tag year and then still sign him to a long-term deal. I hate this question. I do too. <laughs> because I I I truly wouldn't do it, no, no. matter what. Um, I would consider the franchise tag option. Even then, I would draft a guy. And here's the thing people may be saying, 39 touchdowns to 8 interceptions? What was the year Alex Smith had right before they traded him? Probably pretty similar. and Maybe may even better. Maybe you see something similar with that in Denver. Heck, that, that would be great for the Broncos. If Drew Locke comes in, or Kyler Murray comes in, and sits behind Case Keenum the entire season because Case Keenum is too good to take off the field, and because the Broncos are, you know, they finished the season, what, 11-5? and five? What were the Chiefs at? You're 12-4? and four? They were really darn good under Alex Smith. Uh, and, and, and then you just let Case walk. And, yeah, it would hurt, but you got your future already. So he has 26 touchdowns to five interceptions. Oh, man, that's good. Really good. <laughs> you want to know what Alex Smith's career record as a starter is? <sighs> How many games? about uh around 160 160 i'm gonna go 65 and 95 wow that's incredible <laughs> 94 and 66 oh my gosh <laughs> and one wow so totally flipped yeah i guess oh so i, I don't know why i just assumed you were right <laughs> I thought you were talking about I just for some reason thought you said Flip, lo yeah. losses and then wins. Man. 94 66 and 1. I guess he had success in in Kansas City. Yep. I just I just in thought San he Francisco, must have been so bad in San record. Francisco. Yeah. He was 38 36 and 1 in San Francisco. 50 26 and 0 
in Kansas City. That's wild. And 6-4-0 and this year in Washington. And the crazy thing, obviously it's not due to his play on the field at all, but where's if hopefully he's able to play again somewhere, but where's that going to be? I mean, is he even going to be given a shot as a starter wherever and whenever that is? I have no clue. I think the Redskins are hopeful, but I still think they're going to draft someone this year. I think case. they're going to try to get someone in the first round. Yeah. Really tough for him. Yeah. But, again, he's just, like, not quite good enough. Yeah. He's actually kind of a nightmare. Right. He probably would have worked for the Broncos after Super Bowl 50. If they could have somehow got their hands on him then, Yep. that would have been a good fit. Yep. But that's basically the only place where he fits. You have to have a, a out-of-this-world defense. Yep, exactly. you you got to be surrounded by talent. And that was always the problem in Kansas City, right, is they've never had a, an out-of-this-world defense. They had a good defense a couple times, and that's when they got the furthest. Yep. Or, or had the best seasons. They never got out of the uh, – you know, they never won a playoff game, I don't think. <laughs> no, obviously didn't win a playoff no. game with Alex Smith. So that's uh, – yeah, that it's a tough situation for him, but also – I just don't understand why, like, an NFL team would pony up so much for him. Like, he's shown consistently that he's not—he's the pilot. He's not the plane. What is wild is the Broncos are paying eighteen million dollars per year for Case Keenum. Eighteen million, and that's nothing. That's nothing for a starting quarterback. No, it's so funny because that like drove the conversation about Case Keenum all year. He's overpaid. Yeah. He's overpaid. He's overpaid. And it was like, well, not it's pretty really. much performing the same <laughs> that you're paying him. Yep, exactly. Ah. Uh, all right, well, I don't know why you had to make us end on that note, Sutton 14, Thomas 87, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, stay tuned to BSN all week. We're going to have a lot of content coming this week. I am inspired to write today, so I believe I'm going to do that as soon as we get done here. Um, make sure you subscribe using that promo code BRONCOS. We are going to win this, and then you're all going to get shirts, and we're going to be 3-0 undefeated champions. We're going to have the same amount of championships as the Broncos. We're, we're going to get rings and everything, and it's going to be awesome. So crush that promo code BRONCOS. Get your subscription for $29.99, and when we win, we'll all get free shirts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast. It's getting me down. Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. 
Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Oh, <laughs>